Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession and in a healthy way. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on Facebook and I saw a comment posted by Jordan Sawyer. And I immediately reached out to Jordan and said, hey, I need you to come on this podcast. I love what you are doing and the results you're getting. And I'm shameless. I stalked him and he finally said, yes, I will come on. So from Florida, we have him. He's been a tweet teaching 12 years in a middle school primarily. So uh, this is great because I'm getting some middle school pointers here because that's my new thing. So my own personal coaching session from Jordan and y'all get to eavesdrop in on it. So Jordan, thanks for being here. Can you just introduce yourself with a little bit more of your background? Sure. Hi, I'm Jordan Sawyer. Uh, I teach in Broward County uh, in South Florida. I have taught for 12 years. Um, I've primarily taught in Florida. I've also taught in Texas. Um, I've also been up in Jacksonville and Orlando. Um, but I have primarily focused on six through eight education um, and all exclusively banned. Awesome. Let's talk about a little bit about the tip you're going to share with us today. Give us a little teaser and then we'll break it down. Uh, sure. So uh, my tip is is going to be how to how to structure what you do with your kids to make them better musicians through solo and ensemble um, and how to make your life much easier. Um, okay. Everybody's going to stay tuned for that. Don't we want to all want that for our kids, helping them become better musicians and doing it while making your life become easier. This is a not to miss episode. So before we talk about what you did, why did you find a need to do this or to reach for change? Sure. So uh, it's important for me to note, and I'm very open in sharing that I have uh, ADHD and it can be a bit of a struggle for me to organize much of anything. Um, in my early teaching, I would say year one through four, um, I wanted to emulate our most successful band programs in the area and have 40, 50, 60 kids at solo and ensemble. And I was at most able to get about seven or eight uh, because we had to, the kids had to get the music, we had to get the piano music, we had to find pianists, I had to coach all them through that. I was concerned about their ability to perform the music and, and all of those types of things that could be overwhelming on top of also having a program, having a life you know, dealing with your administrators and, and all of those those fun things that come with it. Um, and because of that struggle for a little while, I, I actually sort of shied away from solo and ensemble and did not provide that opportunity for my kids for a few years. Um, and I wish that I had. So I, I was really lucky that I was able to, um, I was really lucky that I was able to come across how we, we, we do solo and ensemble in my program now um, through a, a mentor and friend of mine. Tell us more about it now. Sure. Um, so Edgar Rubio, and I, and I have to mention his name, is a uh, band director at Gulliver Prep in Miami, but he was in Broward County for a long time at Silver Trail with this monstrous band program, 400 kids, took three bands to our, our local assessment, um, would have hundreds of students in solo ensemble, and lots of us all the time would ask, how? How does he do it? How does he do it? And he's one of those band directors that just sort of does it. And so I finally managed to corner him and uh, get it out of him. And he said, oh, well, you know, I pick the kids solos and I make it a final exam. And I initially was turned off by that. I was like, oh, well, that's a great way to chase kids out. You know, you make it a final exam, you make it high stakes, they're not going to participate. But I sort of explored more and I'm really big on adapting. I, I wanted to find a way to adapt 
what he did because it was clearly successful. But I would need to do it a little bit differently as our situations were different demographics, socioeconomics, all of those things. Um, so I, I prodded and prodded and, and I managed to get out of him how he did it and then adapt it to what we do. And so what he told me is you make it a final exam, the kids can choose. They play their solo in front of their friends or they do it at solo and ensemble. And if they do it at solo and ensemble, they get one of the top two ratings. They get an A or a B. If they get a C, we call that a good in Florida, um, they're going to do it in class. So that is what helps to motivate them to practice it. Kids do not want to play in front of their friends, typically, uh, for judgment, because you make it very clear. He made it very clear that he and the students will act as the judges. Oh. And they have to play at the front of the room, um, which I, I thought that was a little interesting. Um, and so I, I attempted to implement it exactly as he implemented it. Um, this was a few years back, and it, it sort of fizzled. I sort of had to, I had about 20 kids or so do solo and ensemble that year because I, I felt that I couldn't hold them accountable. The kids were still having a hard time finding the appropriate literature. We have a very extensive list in Florida. And then I decided to sort of tighten things up a bit for me. So I needed to make things much more efficient. Otherwise, I wouldn't get anything done, as was clearly demonstrated. So what we did is these past two years, um, two years ago, I started at a new program at Indian Ridge Middle School in, in Davie. They had no students do solo and ensemble for a few years before I got there. We had about 40 last year. This year, we had about 142 of which we had about a 96% superior rating. And I 100% chalk it up to, to what we did. So I kept the idea and I said, okay guys, you all are gonna have a final exam solo. And that was every band, beginning, intermediate, advanced, honors, all of it. The kids were like, okay, cool. Uh, and I said, here's what's gonna happen in April. There's gonna be this event called Solo and Ensemble. If you do that instead, and you get one of these top two ratings, uh, you won't have to play for the class at all. And you'll have an opportunity to fill out a judge sheet, just like the judge does with you. And I explain to them the process and I do everything I can to take the fear out of the, the event. Send a form home. This is where I'm, I'm different than Edgar. I sent a form home and the form just said, uh, okay, your child has a final exam in this class. Here's how it works. They can play for the class to get the grade in May or they can do solo and ensemble. Which one would you decide? Or which one does your child want to do? Please circle and return. So I get a whole bunch of those back. I send another form home. I'm very big on forms. As I mentioned, I have ADHD. If I don't, if I don't put it down in writing, I'm going to forget to do it. Mm -hmm. So the students who brought in the form that said, I would like to do solo and ensemble, follows up with, okay, here's how much it costs if you would like to do it. Here's how we can help you if that cost is outside of your, outside of your means. Um, and then I said, here are the pieces. I provided to each student two pieces of music. I selected them from our list. Uh, my go-to, and, and if anyone can take anything away from this and adapt anything, it's that uh, Feldstein and Clark's Arietta is the best grade one for beginners ever written. Feldstein and Clark's Arietta, which is our easy beginner solo. Every instrument got that. And then the flutes all got a little grade one. And the oboes got a grade one. And every instrument gets their own little grade one with that. They get to pick which one they want. Each level of band got two different solos based on their instrument. 
they fill out that second form. Here's the title I will be playing. They have five days to pick. Right? The money is attached, or hey, Miss Sorry, we need help. Um, or hey, I have more questions. That comes in. So now I know what are we in December? When I, I pass this out, I know in December, okay, I'm gonna have 140 kids do solo and ensemble. I need to get my piano players now. So I was able to reach out to piano players, took it totally out of the kids' hands, said, hey, here are the kids. We've already collected money from the students. I put a little thing together, like here's a bullet point. Here's how much the music cost. Here's a bullet point. Here's how much the registration is. A piano player for two sessions at 15 minutes for practice and your performance. And then we we charge a small little copying fee because we have to provide the music itself to the judge as well. Um, so that also helps make up in case we need to pay the piano player a little bit more if something comes up. And that's that's how we went through that. And and it was extremely helpful because the kids in December are getting music that they're going to be expected to play on their own in April. I, I do not help the kids read it. I don't help them learn it. I do have my room open in the morning and after school so they can come in and ask for help. But I do not tell them how we're going to play this music at all. I tell them, you know, we go through every day in class, how we learn music. You're going to apply those steps to how we learn music. And you're going to learn this. And I tell them, learn it two measures at a time. Just learn it two measures at a time. You've got from December until April. That's plenty of time. So those forms come in. Kids get started. And then what I start to do is I start pop quizzing the kids. It's... um, fourth or fifth day back from winter break. We're in January. We all sit down in the beginning band and say, okay, great. I've got my list up here on the podium. All right, Johnny, you're deciding to do solo and ensemble, right? Yes, I am. Cool. Play your first four measures of your solo for us. He looks around. I'm like, come on. I was like, if it sucks, we'll tell you how to get better. And he plays for me. If it doesn't go great, it's like, all right, Johnny, you're going to play for us again tomorrow, those four measures. And if it goes really well, I tell everyone in the room, like, Johnny's doing a great job. If you need help, ask him for help. Welcome Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual bootcamp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So, as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. And he plays for me if it doesn't go great. It's like, all right, Johnny, you're going to play for us again tomorrow, those four measures. And if it goes really well, I tell everyone in the room, like, Johnny's doing a great job. If you need help, ask him for help. And so now he's, he's feeling great. You know, if it didn't go well, I show him real quick how to fix a couple of things, and then he gets a chance to do it again tomorrow. And I made sure to hit every single kid once or twice between, I would say, January to April. Wow. Um, so solo and ensemble rolls around. I've already got my list of who's participating. I've already got my piano player set, so I know I've already gone in and registered. The, that's what takes the longest amount of time is getting in and registering the kids. So I know I had Johnny, Arietta, piano player one, Sally, Arietta, mm-hmm. piano player two. 
um, you know, we had three piano players that we were, we were able to secure and I was able to negotiate with them an appropriate price uh, each. And it was the smoothest solo and ensemble I've ever done. Now, I think it's important to note that last year we did the same thing and we were a little bit smaller. So we had about 40 students who participated, went really, really well. And I was able to apply it again this year and I started a little sooner. I passed out the music a little earlier than I did last year and I condensed the information. I sort of over inundated my families last year with information. Um, so I sort of condensed it a bit and turned it into two forms instead of four. And it was riotously successful. We had, like I said, 140 plus students participate. They were all very well prepared. The channel for communication was also created um, with parents in a way that wasn't just email or wasn't just like our various apps and things like that. It was, hey, your child has selected to do this and we are proud of them. But it was in writing and that that's so meaningful, so tactile, you know, yeah. when the kids yeah. can't hand something to the parents. And I know that they don't, they don't always make it home, right? We had those parents who were like, my child said they're doing something called solo and ensemble. I haven't seen anything. Um, but it was great. And I was so stress-free at solo and ensemble this year. I hung out in the, the director's room, just listened to the kids who would let me go and listen to them. But I would... The most important thing, I think, is just the sense of ownership that it created in my entire program. Because those 140 kids, they owned that process. I didn't have to spoon feed them notes. I didn't have to spoon feed them rhythms. I pulled them out um, periodically as, as I may have heard things that were concerning. No kid did I have to tell, no, I don't think it's appropriate for you to go. Um, and I, I also really pumped them up to the class. Like, you know, we're really lucky these guys are going to go and, and represent us. And, you know, if you if you guys have a good time, share it with your friends. And so I already had kids this year. This was the coolest part. At the end of the year, like, oh, I'm really looking forward to solo and ensemble next year. And kids who hadn't even done it. Mm -hmm. And then we did our solos in class afterwards, right, for the kids who did not do solo and ensemble. And... Instead of making it kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to judge you and it's going to be hard and you should have done solo and ensemble. I, I told them, you're going to come in, you know, you're going to play your solo. Kids, of course, were nervous and things like that. And any time a kid played their solo for the class and it wasn't, wasn't great, I would just ask a kid at solo and ensemble, well, what, what would a judge say? What, what would your judge have said? Can you think of something? And some of the answers were, you know, they, they were fairly, um, fairly vague, but they were, they were all encouraging. Um, and it created, I don't know, it really created a, a great sense of, of pride in, in the whole program. And those kids who did their finals in class, they're like, I really wish I'd done solo and ensemble, but nobody was upset or concerned or frightened. Um, and that's, that's really the end of it. Like it, it has already created buzz for me in the future, so I don't have to chase kids to do solo and ensemble next year. That's already off my plate next year. I have that form ready to go home next year. Um, and I have my piano players in place next year. So much stuff right there. I mean, just it, this isn't just about solo ensemble. You've just given us so many ways to create the space in the classroom for students to grow through this process, not to feel judged and the like. I mean, just there's so much here. And you said that the first time you tried this, when you copied it exactly, it didn't succeed the way you intended. But when you became mindful of that, mindful of your students and your community, 
it's a, you just demonstrated the exponential growth of this and the buy-in and it's it's been amazing and like you said the stress level for you yeah at first probably selecting appropriate literature for everybody was a lot but now you've got a list and you're going to rotate through and you've yeah so you've just totally you've done some great stuff and shared so much with us and i usually ask if anyone has some specific information for beginning band directors but i think what you just said was so clearly outlined this could be something that beginning band directors could say hey i don't i want to do that so wow thank you for the jam-packed powerful information um and and i love that you 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 um just gave us so much of this and i'm going to probably go back and listen to this for for some of those pointers so that I can get my forms made now to do this. I did this at the high school level, but in a little different approach, but yours for middle school sounds ideal. And now that I'm in middle school, when I go back and listen to yours, I'm going to get this all set up. I love this. So thank you so much to Jordan Sawyer for joining uh, joining us on this edition of Band Director Bootcamp. And thank you to all of you listeners who are making a difference in kids' lives through the magic of music education. The work you do matters, and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier.